Conor McGregor is one of the most electrifying athletes in the history of mixed martial arts competition, both from a competitive standpoint and also the heights of fame that he has achieved over the years. His brash personality, his outspoken ways, everything about him that turn him into the complete package that make him so appealing to casual fans and the masses as well as those who are really deep into combat sports like myself and I imagine all of you out there. My name is Jesse Day. This is the Fight IQ Podcast. We break down the psychology of world-class fighters to find things we can all use for our own lives as well. If you do want to support the program, if you like what you hear, you can head to patreon.com slash fight IQ podcast and have a direct influence on the direction this show takes. Please do subscribe and rate this on the platform you're listening to it at. And you can contact me at any time at info at fightiqpodcast.com. Now, undoubtedly, McGregor has faced a lot of, let's say, controversy outside of the octagon. And although I think for a lot of people this takes away from his overall legacy, we're about to see a new chapter as he is set to face Donald Cowboy Cerrone January 18th. Now what I am going to stay away from doing during this profile is talking too much about McGregor's personal life. Undoubtedly he's done a lot of disrespectful things. In fact, I was more furious than anybody I knew when he threw a dolly at that bus causing injury to several fighters. Michael Chiesa and Ray Borgen stopping them from even being able to compete in their fights that night, let alone the horrible things he said about Habib leading up to their fight as well in his religion and great country of Dagestan, great nation of Dagestan, which I have covered on this show all the way back in episode one. So without further ado, putting all that aside, let's just look into the psychology, the mindset of Conor McGregor and see what makes him tick. This is Fight IQ's profile of Conor McGregor. Tell us, tell us about those humble yes. beginnings that gives, because yeah. everybody knows what you're like today, and then how'd you make that transition, brother? You know, like driving on them, t- towards them building sites, and I'm, a, I'm just a young kid, I'm, I'm a, four, you know, a first year apprentice plumber on a building site, they're the guy that goes to make the tea, they're the guy that goes and gets the, 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 the copper pipes from the storehouse yeah. and carries it up, it's the, it's the, it's the hard work that, that's not respected and not, not admired or not, you know, so... I was on them building sites cold and damp and I was like looking around at the fully fully qualified people on the site and their postures not right and their you know it, that that was not me you know I knew I could do something better I knew I had something in me I just wasn't sure even what it was I, I obviously I was training for the fight game but no one in Ireland had made it in the fight game the fight game an Irish man in the UFC was literally, and I mean literally, laughed at. We were laughed at. I was laughed at when I really? when I said we were going to get to the UFC. My, myself and my team were going to get to the UFC. Never mind get a win. Never mind even get a win in the UFC. Then win a belt. Then win the second belt. You know, it's I've continually yeah, two different weight and, classes. Only guy. But I've, used, I've just used all that that fuel that. I'm not supposed to do it, but I'm going to do it. And I'm going to outwork everyone that says I cannot do it. And that's what I did. And that's how I rose up. And long may it continue. So we see a glimpse of Conor McGregor's attitude when it comes to the fight game and his career in it. He rose through the UFC ranks, capturing both the featherweight and the lightweight titles. 
took on a lot of people from the roster who people said were dangerous and was able to overcome all the different scenarios, wrestlers, strikers, and everything in between. And all along the way, his critics were ragging on the fact that the UFC was handpicking opponents for him to build him up because they have a huge market interest in Ireland and he's the big superstar that's going to break open the Irish market. And that part of it was true, but the gimme fights, maybe a few early in his career, but ever since then, he's silenced everybody. He's faced the best of the best and almost every single time come out on top. Now, what I really like about that interview, he was on Tony Robbins' podcast and You know, he's talking about everybody comes from somewhere, but that place doesn't really matter and generally doesn't really have a bearing on your final goal. It can be something that has to be overcome, you know, a harsh upbringing, dangerous environment, a lack of resources, poverty. All those things can play a factor in who you end up being, but it's how you treat those things. It's how you choose to overcome and to rise above them. And Connor had the ability to look above his surroundings to take a look at the people around him and what they were doing and say to himself, I am destined to do something better than this. It wasn't that destiny actually exists in terms of, you know, one's life being preordained, but by believing your destiny is for something greater than the environment you're in, your actions will follow your beliefs and lead to success. So many people get hung up on their background it's just another form of this kind of these self-limiting beliefs, where they're from, maybe trauma that occurred to them when they were growing up, circumstances they couldn't control, less money or less status than others, so-called more fortunate people who were lucky enough to have certain things handed to them when they were growing up. But you know what? I think it's better to work for what you get and not have things handed to you. Because in the journey, in that process of working towards getting that thing that maybe other people just got given, you develop skills and ways of thinking that pave the way to success in all other aspects of life. While McGregor faced lesser struggles than a lot of people, he nonetheless saw a future laid out in front of him that wasn't satisfying. It wasn't where he wanted to be. It didn't lead to greatness. And he decided, I'm out on this particular life. There's no way I will do this for the rest of my life because there has to be something greater than this. Sometimes you have to know what not to do and continuing on the mediocre path you're in and looking around and seeing everybody else on that path and realizing this isn't for me, you can rise above that. You don't have to stay in that circumstance. So he had the thought, the vision that there's something greater than this and he focused on it And he began to ruminate on what he really wanted to do until it became apparent that fighting was his path to something bigger, to something greater. And he mentioned being laughed at by people around him in Ireland. People would laugh at at even the concept of there being an Irish person who would enter into the UFC. They laughed at him for even daring to try to become a UFC fighter. And he used that as fuel as well to push forward and to prove the doubters wrong. I think the real takeaway here is that Connor used things that most people look at as setbacks, a lack of resources, negative criticism from others, and he turned it into a positive. He used it as fuel to stoke the flames of ambition and added a work ethic that went along to it that led to him becoming one of the biggest superstars in the history of the sport, to the point where he transcended and ended up fighting Floyd Mayweather in boxing as well, one of the biggest 
pay-per-views, I think, in the history of that sport, too. And he definitely holds the record for the biggest pay-per-view buys when he fought Habib Nurmagomedov. Now, as I mentioned at the beginning, you know, there's a lot of things that he's done, both in and outside the sport, that I don't agree with. But I am hoping we're going to see, you know, and from some of the other clips I'm going to play here, we are going to see the person I think Connor truly is deep down inside. And that's somebody who does care. And a lot of people portray him as this monster. And I myself was kind of right along with them. And I do want to separate that. I started off saying I wasn't going to talk about this, didn't I? But I do think that Connor has a genuine care and a passion for his fans and the people that support him. And we'll hear about that in this next clip. There was a moment at the close of the fight with Chad Mendes where you went to your knees and there were tears in your eyes. There was a lot of emotion. It Tell me like... about what you were going through in that moment. What, what happened? You would, you would not understand the amount of adversity I had to conquer to make it to that octagon that night. World tours I went on, the amount of media obligations, the amount of times I felt like I was a monkey in the zoo, locked in a cage, and they feed me a banana and tell me to dance. So. I, came, I overcame a lot of adversity and a lot of hard work to get to that octagon. And then you're talking what it was. You're talking of the arena, you're talking of the weigh-ins the day before, the amount of people that came out and traveled. Like I said, post-fight, that stands, that stands to me, guys. I'd never, ever forget that. I'm grateful for every single person that's been supporting me on this journey. And, and then the gold belt, the, the big, the real check. Now it's the real check. The rest aren't real checks. This is the one where I can I can do what I've been dreaming of doing, giving back to the people who have given so much to me. That is why the emotion came out of me. That was Connor talking about his victory over Chad Mendez when he won the interim featherweight title after champion Jose Aldo had to withdraw from the fight due to an injury he sustained during training. He ended up winning the fight and his family came into the ring as he fell to his knees with the Irish flag over his back and he wept letting all his emotions go, everything that was leading up to it. And you know, in the weeks leading up to a fight, especially a high-profile fight such as this one, a fighter has to compartmentalize their emotions and focus on the task at hand. Nagging injuries, hardships in one's personal life, time constraints, media obligations, things like that are all things that have the potential to distract and remove one's focus from what really matters competing at your highest possible level on the night of the contest. Connor is one of the best at doing this and, of course, also one of the best at riling up his opponent's emotions before a fight to kind of try to throw them off their game. But he is also one to wear his heart on his sleeve at times like this when it makes sense. And after holding all the hardship he endured leading up to a huge fight with a last-minute opponent change, he finally let it all out and realized the magnitude of the moment and soaked it all in with his family there and the fans that had come from Ireland all around cheering him on. Now when you're on a mission, especially one with a deadline, as in the case of a fight coming up, you need to shut out both outside distractions and inner distractions that come from your own mind, your own thoughts nagging at you and telling you negative things as so often happens. Our brain can turn on us in an instant if we let it, and we can feel that circumstances are unfair, that we have to struggle to make it to the other end. Guess what? That doesn't matter. 
It doesn't matter one bit and dwelling on it will only reduce your chances of getting what it is you want. So just forge forward, keep moving forward towards your destination. Connor was at one point a very beloved hero in Ireland and is still adored by many despite his transgressions outside of competition. Droves of Irish fans would fly out to Las Vegas, and I'm sure they still will for the next one, uh, to see him in his fights, and he mentioned them many times. He knew the magnitude of what he represented to the common working class, men and women of his country, as someone who was setting an example that with hard work and dedication, you can rise above your current situation and achieve great things. There was a vlog done by the UFC leading up to one of his fights, I believe it may have been the first or second Nate Diaz fight, where he noticed a fan in Vegas had his apartment balcony decorated in posters and images of McGregor, along with an Irish flag, and he stopped his car and went and visited the fan to personally thank him for the support. It was a heartwarming moment, uh, showed that he really did care, and I think that's the Connor we all want to see moving forward. It's like you're obsessed with the ocean. Movement and the ocean. You love being there. You love yeah. the air. What is it exactly? I don't know. I've been fascinated about air a lot lately. Air and the canvas. I know that there's like... It plays a big part, you know. Yeah. You spend a long time in, in Las Vegas, you know, that that air is dry out there. There's not many... There's not many animals sustaining life out there. There's reptiles, and that, that's, that's the type of animals that survive out that way, so... Um, and then you go to a place like LA where you're at the beach and the air just gives you a new lease of life and then you come back here where the air is completely fresh. So I don't know, I've, I've appreciated the air in, in, in places a lot more uh, lately. Um, so it makes perfect sense. There's, there's media obligations to do in Los Angeles. You've got to do the Jimmy Kimmel show, got to do all these. Kimmel? That's pretty I, big. I have no idea, Andrew. I don't watch none of that shit, you know what I mean? But I just get it done. They ask me to do it, I show up and I do it and I blow it out the water every damn time, so... Um, that's that I'll go there spend maybe 10 days 10-12 days something like that in Los Angeles get a little bit of a tan I'm due a bit of vitamin D and then head to Las Vegas and prepare to fight bring the weight down and prepare to fight this was just before Connor's eventual fight with featherweight champion Jose Aldo at UFC 194 when he knocked the champ out in just 13 seconds to unify the belts and become the undisputed featherweight champion of the world in many interviews such as this one Connor touches on aspects he thinks about in regards to the fight game that not a lot of other fighters bring up. He's truly a cerebral competitor and has spoken on multiple occasions about how obsessed he is over the sport, how he's constantly thinking of sequences and about movement. In this case, he's discussing the air quality and the role it can play in his overall health and therefore affect the way he will perform come fight night. Attention to detail is what this is and I think it's a key component of not only the fight game, but of achieving greatness in any field. It's those people who are willing to pay attention to the more subtle aspects of their craft that rise to the top, and when he's at his best, Connor does this consistently. You of course have to start with the fundamentals. No white belt is going to walk into a dojo and have the instructor start the lesson with a discussion on air quality and how can it, it can affect fight performance, but when you're entering into the upper echelons of your field, you'd better be damn sure to take into account every single aspect that could positively or negatively affect your performance. And not only to analyze those things, but to act on them. By placing himself in Los Angeles before the fight in Vegas, where the air is harsh and dry, as opposed to Vegas by the beach where it's quite fresh, 
Connor was going to get himself higher quality air, which he believed would be beneficial for his overall outcome of the fight. Now, how much of an edge does this actually give a fighter to consider the quality of the air they breathe? Very small, probably. But when combined with adjustments in other areas, such as considering the type of canvas you'll be fighting on that he talked about, which can extend into the type of ring you'll be in, because some MMA organizations like the UFC use cages with a fence and some use a ring with ropes. Same when it comes to kickboxing and other combat sports as well. What about the size of the ring? Sometimes it's a bigger or smaller cage or ring. What are those fundamental differences? And also, what are the more subtle differences a fighter can learn about between the ring sizes, the ring structures? And then they could also implement to raise their percentage of victory even a small amount. Whatever field you're in, look at aspects of it that most people would just shrug at and say, well, that's not so important and moving on. Because when you're looking to be the best, every single aspect, no matter how small, needs to be accounted for. Seems like you've softened up towards him. As you say, like he becomes just a face. He's not a person, you don't have these hard feelings towards him. That's different than most people. Most people, when they get to the fight, they, they wanna kill the guy, right? Take off his head. Is this, is this typical for you? Yeah, this is, this is typical for me. As, like, as the weeks go and as diet changes and as more obligations, you more media obligations, your, your emotions change. You go up and down. It's, we are human. One minute we are something, one minute we are completely opposite of that. So for me, a couple of weeks back, I was a bit more, I was a bit more fired up by that reason that he does, Dennis doesn't deserve this fight. That's what was kind of my thoughts going. He doesn't deserve this fight. He's a juice head. I was thinking that a while back. But now as the, as the contest draws closer, the face, the facial, the structure of the face becomes blurry almost. And eventually, like, it just becomes blank. There is no eyes. There is no definition. It's just a blank face and a, and a new body type. That, that's the way it seems to always go. The emotions are gone. I, I don't know what it is. I don't see, I don't see them as a person. I see them as a as a frame, as I just see the anatomy. I see them as a frame, I just see the anatomy. This was before McGregor's fight with Dennis Seaver at UFC Fight Night 59, where he won by TKO in the second round to secure his title fight with Jose Aldo. So we've gone a bit in reverse for the timeline of this episode, but I think this is the most powerful thought to take away at the end of our profile on Connor. I talked before about compartmentalizing emotions when it comes time to perform. When the stakes are as high as a prize fight where everything is on the line, your health, your finances, because you get a win bonus, which is often double your pay if you lose. And of course, your pride is you put yourself, you put it all on the line out there, basically naked before the world in a violent contest of martial arts to prove whose skills are better. How do you deal with this intense pressure, everything leading up to this moment, all the preparation, the talk, the media speculation, for Connor, he erases the face of his opponent. He was not getting ready to face the man Dennis Seaver anymore. He was getting ready to take on a certain body type with a certain set of skills, and he chose to focus on that information with tunnel vision. He eliminated all lines of thinking related to his opponent's character, his personality, things that have been said in the media, etc., because they wouldn't mean a single thing once the cage door closed and the referee says go. I believe this also has a calming effect on him, like he's entering into a training exercise against a robot with a certain set of programming. 
to unlock all his mental and physical capabilities to their maximum potential, he needs to think of it like one would think of solving a puzzle. And that's really what the fight game is, like a game of chess where fists, shins, and takedowns are the pieces, and with far graver consequences than that of other games of strategy. To thrive in this environment and think clearly while executing a game plan, removal of emotions is essential. I believe the same applies to the business world as well, and in so many other disciplines. I don't mean totally stripping all emotion away, but getting rid of ones that will only get in the way. And also positive ones that could be too positive. I mean, don't get too attached to the outcome. It's the performance that counts, and to give your best performance, you have to shut out all the noise. All that noise out there that doesn't do anything to move you forward. Most of it comes from yourself. Self-doubt, fear, ruminating on the past, or stressing over a future that hasn't happened yet. When you close the doors of your mind to this useless chatter, you open up a gateway to peak performance by focusing only on your skills and how you can apply them. Say what you will about Conor McGregor and some of the decisions he's made outside the cage. In his heart, I believe he is a martial artist through and through. Time will tell how history remembers him, but one thing's for sure. His impact on MMA and the sports world in general is undeniable. Thank you very much for joining me on this episode of the Fight IQ Podcast. If you would like to sponsor and help support the show, you can do so at patreon.com slash fightiqpodcast, where being a supporter gives you a direct line to myself to talk about ideas for future episodes and to become a part of the show. Of course, I'd love to hear from you at info at fightiqpodcast.com. FightIQPodcast.com is also where you can find the show along with all of your favorite podcast streaming platforms including iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Google Podcasts, Radio Public, Breaker, and so many more. Just search for FightIQ on your favorite platform and please do leave us a rating, a review, drop comments, anything you can do to help get the word out there would be wonderful because my goal ultimately is to use the psychology of combat sports to reach out and help people achieve success in their own lives. My name is Jesse Day, and until next time, when the stakes are high, success is the only option.